Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's cooking up some porgs on an open campfire, it's Arturo Zurita. Hey, listen here, Zach, that's the biggest spoiler you could tell in the movie. I will say, Star Wars has the most cringiest jokes in the newest one. That was one of two that I actually thought was okay. Yeah, that, that one was... One of two. <laughs> two? I, I admit that I laughed a little bit more than that, but, like, yeah, you definitely <laughs> felt the family-friendliness of a lot it's of the humor. It's because you're I the think. mainstream audience. That's what it is, Zach, okay? <laughs> Us critics over here. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're part of the critical elite now. I'll, I'll leave you alone. I am the critical elite. So it is... Star Wars, The Star Last Wars Jedi Week, of week. course. It's what everybody's talking about, and we'll be talking about it, too, a little bit later in the show yeah. with all spoilers. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, go out, watch that movie, Daddy. and come right back. Yeah. Uh, we'll be here. This podcast is up. But we're going to get into our normal first segment, what we've been watching, because there's some other stuff out there mm -hmm. that's worth talking about. Art, what have you been watching? The Crown. Yeah. Stayed home on Netflix. You know, other than that, I was like, I ain't going to waste money on anything else. Got to save up for those IMAX tickets because Movie Pass <laughs> ain't, covering Na ain't covering Navy Pier 3D $24 tickets. Oof. And all my boys going and stuff like Oof. that. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay home, watch a couple of stuff. Uh, I can't remember if I had mentioned, I had seen uh, uh, Friends from College. Yeah, the uh, I mentioned Netflix it. Yeah, show. so I uh, I was like looking through some of the stuff that I had seen, and I thought that was pretty good. I you know I'd been finished the Punisher. I was like, what's the next thing that I, I can catch up on? Crown season two was a brand new thing that was out there. I had not seen Crown season one, so I was like, all right, let me give this thing a try. It's dope, dude. Yeah, the Crown is a really dope show. So supposedly the Queen was a movie that was out there. Uh, I remember when it was getting all that Oscar buzz back in, yeah. uh, not too long ago, but probably like a decade or something like that. Yeah, that was the uh, Helen Mirren movie uh, from, I want to say it was like 2006 or seven, Something like that. Same dude who made that movie was like, I want to make this into a show. Hmm. And he's like, he already knows. Six seasons, 10 episodes, 60 episodes in total. I don't need any more. I don't need any less. I'm like, let's go. So it turns out that, that, that he got the deal with Netflix. And he wants to tell the whole story of Queen Elizabeth. And I was, like, watching it. And I'm like, they, they're, like, characters to the point that it's become a thing where I see somebody and I'm like, oh, that's the incarnation of that Henry guy from uh, the King's Speech. I was like, that's a real person. Right. <laughs> right? It's like these British people are their own superheroes. They have their own mythology. Yeah. No, they're it's funny people. to see uh, the characters appearing and reappearing in yes. these movies. I, I caught up with The Darkest Hour recently, and that's mm -hmm. not what I'm going to talk about. But Ben Mendelsohn plays the Colin Firth role from the King's Speech. And it's, it's weird to see them both do the stutter thing. Exa that's exactly best. what I, I... Yeah, I heard him stuttering, and I was like... This sounds like the character. Are they just ripping off the character from the King's Speech? I'm like, oh, it's a real person. But, yeah, uh, are they just ripping off history? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, other than that, it really, it's just been at home. It's been a lot of listening to albums. Um, being disappointed with albums. Really? Uh, yeah, year end stuff. I, I think, you know, I've been doing a lot of catching up on stuff, some music and movies mm -hmm. and TV. I don't know if there's any, like, best of 2017 music you've been thinking about. Damn. 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 Oh, yeah, that was another thing. Did I tell you yeah, I went damn. to a Jay-Z concert? Went to, let, me, let me give you a recap on that. I went to that Jay-Z concert. Jay-Z is a professional at what he does. This he thing is. was incredible. It was my brother's first concert, like Ooh. big, big concert. So that sucks because he can never go back. <laughs> you know, like it's I all downhill the, from there. Yeah, I, pretty much. It's like at this point, you're just going to criticize every concert that you go to, right? <laughs> right. Uh, no, the man's a legend. 
-hmm. truly is a legend. It was fantastic. When it comes to album of the year, honestly, it goes up to Story of OJ and Damn for Me. Obviously, being a big rap connoisseur. So that's why I bring up that this past weekend, who some would consider the GOAT, has to sit down. He can't stand up anymore. No? Eminem's new album is straight trash. It just really is. It's just bad. I don't know if you've ever been a Shady fan yourself. Yeah, in the past, but I haven't (sighs) caught up with his more recent work. Neither has he. <laughs> That's all I gotta say, Zach. I ain't gonna bring this show down. Oh man. Well, I uh, I have seen a couple new movies. I mentioned The Darkest Hour, but that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is the latest Steven Spielberg joint, The Post. You saw it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is the primed for Oscar success movie. If there's ever been one, Steven Spielberg making a movie about journalism, starring Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. The cast is loaded, even beyond those names. There's people like Carrie Coon, Bob Odenkirk, oh. Dave Cross. Oh. Uh, there's like a really, really interesting. Alison Brie has a great small role in this too. I like Alison Brie. I loved so many performances in this thing, uh, and it's you know. Spielberg is a very efficient filmmaker. I feel like that's a word that I can use fairly to describe just about all of his things because sometimes that efficiency is a little bit less fun to watch. It feels like clockwork. And then sometimes that efficiency is just a really well-oiled machine, a movie that just is, is so purely movie magic essence that, that taps into that that Spielbergian way that movies can move and, yeah. and kind of capture you. And I found that this was mostly that. I found that this good. was mostly good Spielberg. Good. Uh, it, it's, you know, the kind of movie where there's an extended sequence of photocopying paper and he makes it tense because Spielberg knows how to direct it. He knows how to take every shot and make you just that much more worried. Like, will it get done? What's happening? Are they going to get caught? And it's, it's so meticulously done. This is a movie that's about uh, the people at the Washington Post who received the Pentagon Papers and basically made the decision to publish them in spite of threats from the Richard Nixon presidency. And it very, very slowly goes through, well, what are the consequences of this? Mm-hmm. Well, how do we make sure we have the right stuff? Well, what's going to happen? Are they going to sue us? And just the, the, the nature of it and the way that they spell out everything that's on the line, the way that this is going to affect all their careers, all their livelihoods, that they need to, their word has to be their bond in this industry. I I really, really found it fascinating. And there's some pretty obvious allusions that you can make to uh, our current political climate because it's very much about journalists up against the presidency, but I think you can even remove it from our current political climate and and find it a very, very effective movie. I think the the messages there are also really well done too, but just as a movie, just as a a functioning structural uh, ode to journalism and people who, who, you know, have a, have see things through to the end, I found the post was riveting from start to finish, funny and dramatic. Is it based? So it's based off a true story. Yeah, this is uh, basically the precursor to the events in All the President's Men, in a way. Okay, yeah, I was, but that's what I was going to mention. I'm like, how does it compare to a movie like All the President's Men or Spotlight? Yeah, um, so I would say that it's more similar to Spotlight than All the President's Men in my mind, because Spotlight, uh, I feel like you get a little bit more of that um, of that team effort, whereas yeah. it's. All the President's Men is almost more like a spy story with journalism involved. Yeah. Uh, 
I think with this film, you really see how a newsroom functions, how it's it's the work of lots of different people working off one another, how one person's actions affect another and how there's a ripple effect. I, I think it was really cool for that aspect of it. Dope. Um, yeah. What was so the yeah, other thing I was going to bring? I like how Spielberg practically he he invented directing, right? Like, <laughs> like it, it feels like that at some times. Right? You know, he he does. There's that really great uh, every frame of painting video about the uh -huh. Spielberg oneer. The way yeah. that Spielberg is able to very subtly do a one shot that combines a couple different shots, and yeah. he just so elegantly and carefully does that in this movie. The camera just moves so gracefully. I I'm not the biggest fan of Janusz uh, Kaminski as a cinematographer, but I thought his work here was some of the best he's done. I I'm hoping he gets nominated what, what for else an Oscar has he for done? it. Um, I think. I mean, he's he's Spielberg's go-to guy pretty much. I'm pretty okay. sure he was on Bridge of Spies and on War Horse. Um, I know he did The Judge, which was not fantastic as film, good. yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he's a big lens flare-y kind of guy. Oh, okay, okay. Did you like Bridge of Spies? No, and that's the okay, thing. Okay, good. No, no, no. That's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. I wasn't sure where you were on that. So we agree on Bridge of Spies <laughs> that I'm going to like the post because that was the biggest fear that I have. Spielberg, is Spielberg, Saoirse Ronan, these two hide all of a sudden. They don't come out unless it's Oscar season anymore. Yeah, or and he's got some mega blockbuster. Some mega blockbuster, which it's again, I'm, or. I've been riding on, uh, on uh, the one that's coming up. Ready Player One. <laughs> but I love how Spielberg, his movies, right, like this journalistic thing, is what every aspiring filmmaker hopes to be able to achieve and be able to have an ensemble cast and be able to make something like this that that seems so simple but but becomes this riveting thing that gets all this Oscar buzz and he's like oh yeah that trailer came out like the poster came out the news that it even existed came out like a month ago yeah the thing that drives me nuts about this is he made this movie in between making Ready Player One. He started Ready Player One. They were working on post-production. He's like, I think I got another movie. I need movie a vacation. Me. Let me call up <laughs> Tom and Merrill real quick. It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair, <laughs> Spielberg. Leave some for the rest of us. Uh, we move on to the yay or nay going uh, over the latest happenings in the entertainment industry. And we start with last week, Screen Actors Guild unveiling of their list of nominees. And there were some surprised by it, including myself. That's because of a very particular statistic that Scott Feinberg of The Hollywood Reporter pointed out. That in the last 22 years of Oscar, no movie has ever won Best Picture without first being nominated for the Screen Actors Guild Outstanding Performance by a Cast. So last 22 years hasn't happened. This year's five nominees are The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Mudbound, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So Art, yay or nay, one of those five movies I just mentioned will win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. <laughs> you gotta repeat it to me again, excuse me? So the five movies are The Big Sick, No. Get, Get Out, uh, No. Lady Bird, Maybe. Mudbound, and no. Three Billboards. Wow. From what you're telling me, if this is the case, mm -hmm. it's a nay because I want other movies to win, but, <laughs> personal opinion, I think Three Billboards takes it, but I'm crossing my fingers for Lady Bird. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of momentum building around Lady Bird. I would not be surprised if it 
you know, made its way somehow to Best Picture, and Three Billboards does seem like it's got a decent shot, but... It does, gonna, and everything going with it, but... I'm going to go nay also. I mean, you know, every year some Oscars record has been broken, you know, it's uh -huh, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. been a record for 22 years. It's not like 20, you know, not 23 years ago or something else. Uh, it's worth noting that last year La La Land was not nominated for Ensemble, and then, of course, it lost, but, you know, a lot of people thought it was very close to winning, so... You know, we wouldn't have even talked about this had yeah. La La Land ended up winning. Uh, but yeah, like without Dunkirk, without Call Me By Your Name, without The Post uh, in this group, I just think it's kind of hard to say that this for sure Maybe. will be the best picture winner, one of these five. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of sounding like it. I kind of feel like Three Billboards has everything to go with it. It's just Three Billboards is one of those movies. And a hot take right here. Ooh. I don't feel like... Very rarely do we get an Oscar winner. Right? That I feel is so culturally... I can't say that. That's not what, exactly what I mean. What I mean is, I look back at The Artist and it is a very, very, very good movie. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we only recognize The Artist because it won the Oscar. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Right. Sometimes movies are important and they get Oscars, and then sometimes movies become important because they get yeah. Oscars. And I say that unbiasedly because I dug Moonlight, but I'm sitting back there and I'm hearing everyone else who's like, but what the heck's a Moonlight? Is it the sequel to Spotlight? And I'm like, <laughs> I understand what y'all are saying. And I'm, this is the one of the occurrences where I'm for it, but I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. Is that the defining movie? Are we looking at the Oscars actually as being what needs to be the defining movie of, of the year? Or can we have our own opinions? And I feel like Three Billboards fits everything it needs to be. And I really, really, I like Three Billboards the more that I sleep on it, the more that I think about it. But I'm thinking, I'm like, 2017 Three Billboards? is that, Like, it fits. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah, fits. I mean, that's also the kind of particular thing about the Oscars is that sometimes they really represent a moment in history. Like Moonlight mm -hmm. was so fueled by so many different things, whether it's the Oscars So White movement or yeah. just a general embrace of indie films over the last few years at Oscars. Like if you look at yeah. the way that box office of Best Picture winners has gone down in, in recent yeah. years, that's it's big evidence of that. Um, so I don't know, like it's definitely, it's definitely possible that uh, three billboards will feel like the movie in the moment and might not feel like the movie two years from now. But, you know, it, it's really the mo it really just matters what feels like the movie of the moment now. And, uh, and going back dumb. to what I said about The Post, like, if Hollywood is really anti-Trump and feeling their anti-Trumpness, like, maybe that's just a, a way of showing it is let's get behind this journalism movie, you yeah. know? Well, that says a lot about the Oscars, but hmm. yeah. uh, we'll see. Writer-director Alex Garland wowed audiences with his minimal sci-fi thriller Ex Machina a couple years ago. And now he's preparing his follow-up, Annihilation, with Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Oscar Isaac, and Gina Rodriguez, all of them in the cast. However, in an interview with IndieWire, the director revealed some behind-the-scenes turmoil. After an early test screening had negative scores, producer David Ellison asked Garland to alter the film, mm. claiming that it was too intellectual, and he mm. also asked that Natalie Portman's character be made more sympathetic. Now, a, the disagreement ultimately led to Paramount selling their distribution rights, their international distribution rights, off to Netflix. And although apparently Garland's vision for the film is still intact, Art, does this behind-the-scenes disagreement make you more worried about Garland's follow-up to Ex Machina? So you're telling me that the movie is still intact. Yes, apparently. 
The movie it's, is still Garland's vision. So there were other producers okay. that were on his side. So yeah. everything's okay. It'll, it had a negative test score. Well, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm there to watch his movie. Yeah. Not the producer's manipulation of his vision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Am I wrong? I I'm I'm with if you. If it's there. bad, I want it to be bad because of him, not be bad because of the producer who decided to twist something. That's a very fair point too. Yeah. I mean, look, look. So I'm it's totally a yay to me. I, 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 I thought I thought they were gonna make him force it. No, no, no. And that's what's what's nice is that apparently uh, producer Scott Rudin, who is also attached to the project, what backed Alex Garland and has been firm in uh, supporting Alex Garland's vision of this. I can totally understand why a test audience would maybe not respond positively to an Alex Garland type of movie. Ex Machina was definitely a bit different. And uh, this is apparently based on a very famous sci-fi novel that is supposed uh-huh. to be a bit of a head spinner. So... It looks I'm, insane. It looks insane. Yeah, it I looks accidentally saw really, really cool. I had no idea what I was seeing, and just the noises that they were going, I was like, have I heard that noise? Have I seen those <laughs> colors before? The, the dude's got one in him. Ex Machina wasn't it for me, but I'm like, I'm going to keep an eye out for you, boy. And if this yeah. one's it, then I want it to be what he wants it to be. So yeah. does Netflix, with it being Netflix, does that mean that it's going to be um, – What's it called? So it's going to be available on Netflix internationally, okay. 17 days after its U.S. release date. I'm okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind that. I, I'm cool with that. I get it. To me, it's that idea of other people not getting it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not so worried about a test audience, not really. I feel. I just feel like some people look at. Um, or you mean VOD, access? Yeah, early access, and they 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 look down on the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, like I think if you get a pen and paper, and it's like, can you criticize this movie in any way? A lot mm. of people will be like, oh yeah, I have a bunch of ideas, mm-hmm. you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that the movie itself is bad. I'd rather see the director's yeah. vision than some uh, camel of a movie. But no, I'm for it. We're still collecting bits and pieces of news after the confirmation that Disney has indeed purchased 21st Century Fox. On the negative, initial reports are that between 500 and 1,000 jobs will be cut. And that sucks because people are better than corporations. Mm -hmm. However, Marvel fans are excited because (laughs) X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and Deadpool are all potentially set to rejoin Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Deadpool 2 will even maintain its R rating, despite the Disney Association. Art, yay or nay, the idea of incorporating X-Men, Fantastic Four, Deadpool into the MCU, it makes you more excited for the future of Marvel movies. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know this. Yeah. If I'm a fanboy at any point, I'm the DC boy. But the moment that I see X-Men appear with the Avengers, it's done. It's done. I have said this. If there is a race between Marvel and DC, if Avengers 4 ends up being that Mar- X-Men versus Avengers crossover, the, the race is over. No, no, not, not like they won. I mean, like, DC is still running, and they're cleaning up the marathon. Mm-hmm. Cars are now going to the streets. It is over at that point. Thing I've liked the most about it, yes, it sucks. People are losing their jobs because their roles are irrelevant now. There are yeah. roles that literally they just don't need to be filled anymore because they've been bought out. That sucks. But the memes are great. Now I'm not justifying lost jobs <laughs> because of the memes. But have you seen those ones where it's like uh, Marvel fanboys? 
Disney buys Fox. Yay! Uh, X Men are going to be in a Marvel movie. Uh, they, they it was like Disney buys uh, Disney buys your life right. Yeah. Awesome. Yay! I'm going to be in an X Men movie. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm for no, it. I'm excited. I mean, the person in or the movie fan in me that really loved Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it brought together yes. all these like disparate yes. characters. Uh, thinks it's cool, mm-hmm. uh, I. But at the same time, like maybe I'm just gonna play devil's advocate and go nay because looking at the, I I saw the uh, Avengers Infinity War trailer again before I watched Star Wars and, and holy shit that's full of so many characters I I was just like okay wait that that's Vision and and she's what what's Elizabeth Olsen again I forget. Um, the hottest Avenger. So it's just, not my best, Scarlett Johansson. It, not my best. It's Chris. It's Chris Pine. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Honestly, it really is. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that. I mean that's the thing. It's like I I can't imagine this world getting any bigger. That big. But that's Kevin Feige's problem, not mine. So I don't know. I'm I'm a little skeptical, but uh, I'm sure they'll figure out. May something. I? Yeah. May I? May I change your mind? Please, try. They bought Fox for the streaming service. They're about to change. And what were we just talking about? That when stuff gets released to Netflix or on VOD, the mindset is people look at it down because it's like, oh, it, it's not the same as cinema. This right. is about to be like, we're going to be the ones who are going to make streaming service. HBO is the closest one. Yeah. HBO is the closest one. But Dizzy's going to be like, Papa's here, we're going to make it home. And what's the best way to Just be like, you know what? Everything. We're completely done with, with, with theaters. Hey, Zachary, we heard about you. You're complaining about there being too many characters. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, is it too many characters if it's a miniseries? Of Maybe. X-Men versus Avengers on their premium site. Where they have the entire budget to put it there. And now it's not just one movie, so it's not completely confuddled, but it's a whole episodic series. Maybe. You is a liar. I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds a little better. That sounds a little better. A little more appealing. Uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. We're getting into our review in just a moment. But Mm -hmm. first, got to talk about that box office because it had the second highest opening weekend ever. Just really? behind the Star Wars Force Awakens, uh, it earned $220 million this weekend, which is above Jurassic World, and again, like I mentioned, below the Force Awakens, so a big, big commercial hit. Uh, I did not know this. I don't think anybody would be surprised. surprised. I mean, this is a new Star Wars movie. Uh, it is less than the last Star Wars movie made, which mm-hmm. I do think makes sense, given that there's... You know, there was so much curiosity about, like, how are they going to just reboot this franchise? And now I think there's a little bit less curiosity of, like, how are they going to continue this? But, yeah, it's still, like, <laughs> a gigantic behemoth. Uh, made a lot more than the $150 million opening weekend that Rogue One had. Art, what do you think about uh, Star Wars' success? Is this going to be a continued trend, or is this the start of a downslope? I feel... Like, the episodes are the ones people are looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Without getting into our spoiler discussion, Rogue One made 150, which is still a lot because it's a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And it's still a lot just as a movie in general. But obviously, it was a drastic difference, you know, from yeah. uh, the, the record breaker to 150, which is really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Because we all know Rogue One was a filler. Yeah. 
to get to the real story, which is in the episode. It's a one-off. So I asked this. Is episode 8 filler? Because <laughs> that's the argument to some people right now. Wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> what just happened? Did anything happen? And the argument that I would put in terms of it maybe being a downward spiral is that it came in second place. But is that because of the word of mouth that hit right away on Thursday night? Right. Word spreads like this and word spreads in order for you to be able to watch. Some people have not watched it twice. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I wonder if it's because less they didn't the, like it. I wonder if it's less the word of mouth spreading and more of fewer return audiences. Because yes, this is yes, a movie that, yes. movie that gets like repeat, repeat, repeat viewers. Even people who disliked it that I've seen mm-hmm. uh, online have gone more than once. So yeah. if, if the if the feedback is that negative i wouldn't be surprised if that's where they've lost some of their money yeah i mean uh, i saw force awakens twice Mm -hmm. maybe three times the the opening weekend i saw this one two times but i saw the other people who i remember seeing force awakens twice before the weekend was up and they didn't do that for the last jedi they're contemplating seeing it again because they're worried they're going to dislike it a bit more Mm. so it could have been the winner yeah i mean it's interesting to see how i wonder how close they are i do feel like there was just more hype and curiosity around The Force Awakens. Just true, people, true, true, people true, true, needed true. to be like, this is the first Star Wars movie in so long. But this long. one still had it. What was yeah. the numbers again? Were the numbers again? Uh, 224 Last Jedi and 247 for Force Awakens. So not an insignificant. Oh, actually, it's still okay. I was a big figure that thought, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely a sign of strength. I agree with you that the episodes are going to continue to uh, make a lot of money, but the breaking records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know I don't think that means like the Han, Han Solo movie is not going to make a lot of money. I think it just depends on like how well of a job they do yeah, hyping no, up each good. Yeah. different installment that we're going to get. All right, finishing up with Yay or Nay with some rough cut, rough quick news. Forty-eight hours. The classic Eddie Murphy movie is getting a remake from the Good Time filmmakers Josh and Benny Safdie, as well as comedian Gerard Carmichael in the lead role. Art, yay or nay? You're ready for the Safdie brothers and Gerard Carmichael to make a buddy cop movie? I'm so indifferent. You told me to watch Good Time. I didn't get to watch Good Time. I'm I ran sure. out of time. I don't know who the dude is who's the main actor, but I'm you know gonna say Carmichael's show is actually pretty good. What, what is? It? What else is he in? Uh, he was the dude in Neighbors, the black dude in Neighbors. All right, I'll give it a thumbs up. I think he's kind of funny. He was in Disaster Artist uh, too. For like a, if for a you saw Good Time, you will know that the Safdie brothers are great at doing this kind of like street right. level uh, tension. Things are escalating in a you crazy so. way. I think this could work really well, especially because 48 Hours in retrospect is kind of a racist movie. So it'd be <laughs> great to see uh, Gerard Carmichael, who does racial comedy really, really well on Carmichael's show, uh, see if he can give it a little more modern update. Right. Jennifer Lawrence had originally planned to make the film Burial Rights about the last woman to be publicly executed in Iceland with her Hunger Games director, Gary Ross. However, new news indicates that Call Me By Your Name director, director Luca Guadagno, Get will be here. helming the movie going forward. Art, yay or nay, did of Burial Rights upgrade its director? Why would Luca take this job? Jennifer Lawrence? Maybe he likes Iceland? I'm, I'm going to watch it because of him. 
But I don't know. Luke is very particular. That's all he did in his tour for Call Me By Your Name. I need to make sure the movie is for me. He's not even French. He's Italian. But I mean, if he's in it, then I'm I'm curious to see what it, what he does because he is so he don't give uh, care about. <laughs> he's so on the authenticity and the in the pure pure. Did you hear what he did for Call Me By Your Name? He told him uh, to make out the first time they met. Then he left. He did. He did what? That's how he broke the ice in Call Me By Your Name. When the, when when Army and uh, your boy met, uh, Timothy. Timothy, yeah, he said make out. We're starting <laughs> really? with that. They're like, all right. He's like, yes, and then he just leaves as they were making out. <laughs> he's 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 dope. <laughs> he's that's an effective dude. director. Yes, that's yeah, an effective I, director. I, I will watch I'm, what he has next. I'm for it too. Luca's a workhorse. You know, he makes a lot of movies. He's been pumping them yeah, out. Yeah, actually, yeah. Different languages, different genres. So. I'm I'm for it. Uh, he gets great performances from his actors. Really and good. I think Jennifer Lawrence is you know a great actress in the right role, and no, she, she is. Hasn't she really, really had is. the right roles she that really much is. recently. So yeah, I'm for it. Yay! And Sausage Party director Conrad Vernon has cast Oscar Isaac as Gomez in the upcoming Adams Family animated movie, which oh. will be out fall of 2019. Art, yay or nay, Oscar Isaac for this project? Yeah, I'm cool with anything, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally for it, too. I think this dude's a he really underrated like comic <laughs> he actor. He kind of looks like it. I just, yeah, I'm just thinking about the it's, character. It's kind of perfect. I was a little bit... I, at first, when I heard these rumors, I thought they were going to make it live action. I was like, is Oscar uh-huh. Isaac really lowering himself to a live action Adam's Family yeah. movie? But, I mean, the dude is very funny. And I think an animated form he is, is going to give him a chance to stretch uh, that comedic ability that he has. Finally, the most Googled movies of the year Mm -hmm. list is out and uh, might not be the movie you're expecting at the top of the list. It. Yes, It, the horror movie, uh, which made a lot of money back in October, uh, is the most Googled movie of this year, followed by Beauty and the Beast, Wonder Woman, Get Out, and Justice League in that order. Art, yay or nay, you're surprised by this list of most Googled movies? No, because they cheated. They took all the clown searches from earlier in the year, and that's what helped get it the most Googled movie of the year. Do you remember that? When all the clown, the clown hysteria that happened, and everyone was like, is this marketing for it? Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. If, if you, it's like if, there's a, if there was a really popular murder where someone put somebody's head in a box, yes. it'd be like, Seven is the most popular movie of the, movie year. Of the year. Wait a minute. It's it. I searched it. Hey, what is it? What, what does this have to do with yeah, are it? Are we sure that... Probably sure it wasn't the just the word it. it and not just the word it. I've definitely searched like what is it? It or yeah, I don't know. No, this is some ESPN stats. This is the uh, for he's got a point four five average when the wind's blowing twenty degrees to the left. Yeah, no, this is I don't whatever. Yeah, yeah. sure, okay. It it was a big movie. Yeah. It was a big movie. I yeah. liked it. I didn't see I mean, it twice. I actually did want to. These but I did. were all movies. All five of these that there was a lot of. Uh, passion about in one mm-hmm. direction or the other. So it's not surprising to me what's on this list. I guess it's a little more surprising that some of the uh, superhero and Star Wars stuff is not on this list, but okay, uh, maybe because they're less controversial, maybe because Star Wars didn't come out until late in the year. I don't know. Maybe because this list is bogus. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> we move on to our topic of Let's the week. Let's go. And it is... Star Wars, The Last Jedi. I am fresh out of the theater. Yeah, haven't seen it. Super tonight. fresh, bro. Yeah, I got you don't all, even my, know. all my takes hot out the oven for you. Oh. Uh, this is the new 
episode eight, directed by Ryan Johnson, picking up from J.J. Abrams' episode seven. Mm -hmm. We are revisiting Ray, we're revisiting Poe, revisiting Finn, and everybody else, Kylo Ren and the gang, and uh, Luke out on that island with his beard and general gruff disposition. Did Luke remind you of Peter Dinklage, or is that just me? No, it's just you. Nobody else in the world that thinks that really? at all, Zach. There's like, Hamill has this very Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones energy to me, but whatever. So, again, <laughs> uh, so this is a return to the big Star Wars saga in which uh, the Resistance is fighting and uh, there's all sorts of space yeah, opera they re stuff. Yeah, they're resisting. Yeah, I, don't yeah. need to, I don't need to get into it. Either you know no, no. what's happening or you there's don't. There's a war in the stars. Yes. You know. Art. What were your big impressions from The Last Jedi? What did you walk out of the theater feeling? Bro, if any of you have been to Chicago, Navy Pier IMAX has fixed their screens. They were fixing them all summer. They replaced the seats. They replaced the screen. So I was like, all right, I'm hyped. I'm ready to go there. I get there. They treat you well. We sit down. Beautiful seats. Beautiful screen. Turns out audio's missing. So what the heck is going on? It's like when you got your headphone halfway in. Yeah. All the commercials, that's how it's happening. But of course, they, they came in the moment the moment Star Wars came on. Audio's back on. Beautiful. Forgive everything. One, is, one of the most... I highly recommend watching a movie at the Navy Pier Experience. Uh, I think that's actually what they call it, the Navy Pier Experience. Uh, <laughs> at the IMAX theater there. AMC owned. One of the best cinematic experiences you can get. Truly to capture the technical aspects of the movie. And I thought it was phenomenal in that regard. There's a thing called execution, and uh, as someone who made a video trying to defend exactly what they're going for, I understand what they're going for. I'm all for what they're going for. But someone can tell a joke that's really, really funny and not deliver it the best way. And I think that is The Last Jedi, because The Last Jedi is clickbait. I don't want to hear any more Star Wars fans talking about my videos being clickbait when this movie has nothing to do with The Last Jedi. My man literally comes out at the end of the movie and goes, I will not be the last. First of all, it didn't even make any sense, Luke. Okay, you're going to die on an island? You know Kylo is a Jedi. Yeah. Am I wrong? There's some stretches in logic there. Or is he not a Jedi because he's on the dark side? I don't understand Star Wars That's logic. Yeah, you have, right. to, you have to fill in my gaps here because I'm, yeah, I'm but, more the novice. I was hoping you would fill in mine because I don't even <laughs> think the Star Wars fans know. Didn't he meet Ray? And that was, does he say, I'm still going to stay here and die? But you just, okay, let's say that was the logic. He, yeah. Kylo ain't allowed to be a Jedi, but you just met a new one. Right. She seems pretty and good with know. the lightsaber. And first of all, what I guess does, is Princess, Prince Leia has a force, but she's not considered a Jedi? Yeah, maybe that's sexism. Maybe that's Star Wars sexism. I don't know what it is. It's okay. They gave her that scene. That's uh, equivalent to the uh, Flying Stars meme. Have out there. people been able to do that in Star Wars before? It was like all of a sudden a superhero film. That was a meme. I don't know what that was at that point in the movie. It made absolutely no sense. Any scene in the movie, including the part with Rey and Snoke when they were like floating up and doing all those things, all complete jokes. But let, let's break it down a bit more. Okay? Shall yeah, we? Spoilers shall we? and all. Spoilers so 100%. if you don't all right. want to hear spoilers, click on. There's time codes below in the description. If you're listening, check out the description. Let's split it between positive and negative. Should we start with the positive or should we start with the negative? Let's start with the positive. We've been a little bit negative off of that. All right. I'm going to name my favorite characters in favorite storylines and you name me yours. I personally really... Let me think of what character I really, really like. I know the character that I like the most. And this is, this will be, I think, the funniest part of it. It was none of the returning characters. 
It was no. another. It was none of the legendary characters coming back. It was your boy Benicio del Toro with a <laughs> little role that he came in. Why? Because he's got one of the best lines, I believe, of 2017. Let's let's be real here. All right, you and I. Uh, we're not gonna say it's like the best movie of the year, right? You've seen all those lists, right? Where they mm. name you the top nine, and then they save the spot for Star Wars. It's like maybe. Hopefully. Well, yeah, you're cringy, boy. No, we're going to go see the movie, and we're not just going to hop on the negative. I'm going to tell you the positive stuff, and I'm going to be completely honest. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the characters and the way they bring them in, I think, are really cool. I personally actually really like Kylo Ren. I still, yeah. to this, I really like Kylo Ren. I love his emo Is it funny? Will I laugh at the memes? Heck yeah. I'm, I'm following emo Kylo Ren on Twitter. It's yeah. funny. And yet he's the best new character. But the best newest character was Benicio Del Toro's character because of what he brings to the table and i honestly felt it was one of the best lines of 2018 you know you're wrong right maybe yeah i loved that line that is the line for 2017 you know you're wrong maybe 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 (laughs) maybe i'm not they you shoot them today or they shoot you today you shoot them tomorrow i said did this line belong in this movie (laughs) No, Benicio was interesting because his Benicio character was, was like a whole tone change as well. Yeah. I, I thought the movie would have maybe been a little more interesting yeah. had it explored some more of that, like, well, who is good and who is bad uh, stuff that he Yes, that he to. was coming into, but, um, but by the end of it, they're like, oh, no, we're not. Also, uh, sacrifices mean nothing. At one moment, they do. Uh, we're not getting too negative, my bad. <laughs> that was my favorite character. Who's positive, your favorite character? Positive. Who's your favorite character? Um... I really still enjoy uh, spending time with uh, Finn, uh, John Boyega. I think that's just because I think he's super charismatic. I don't think he had, like, the best storyline in this movie. No, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he had the best anything, but, hey, I appreciate your opinion, Zach, and you're a welcome person to this community. <laughs> you're a bad you, don't spend, you don't like spending time with John Boyega? I do not like his character. Really? I hate his lines. I, I know you don't like Chrome Dome, but I, <laughs> I don't he, like. I don't think you delivered it okay. You rebel, rebel scum! Stop! Y'all gotta stop it with my man. There was one point where where they redeemed him, and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna miss this man. I'm gonna miss him. He finally became a. Oh, guess his contract wasn't up yet." <laughs> How are you going to ruin the one moment that finally rejuvenates his character? Whatever. We're not there yet. You like John Boyega. John Boyega could be really, really cool. I really like... I, he's, a, I think he's like a play I actor. I give him a lot of the credit and not necessarily the movie because he does have a lot of those cheesy lines. But I, I'm with you. I, You know, there's a lot of memes about Kylo Ren, but I think Kylo Ren really works Kylo Ren movies. is dope. I think, you know, to see Adam Driver go crazy to, to see him get full of rage, it's believable. Adam Driver might be the best actor that they've brought into uh, this new yes. crop of Star Wars people. So I'm, yeah. I'm just really excited whenever he gets a, a very emotional or heavy scene when he has to do a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of new characters, I thought that Rose was fun. I didn't think that she- I liked her. You know, she, uh, what? I liked her until a certain point. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I think it was a little bit meta in a way that I didn't didn't think the Star Wars movies needed. Well, in the way that she sort of has some of that hero worship of Finn, and she's talking about ah, uh, okay, yeah. But she she sort of does very self-referential in what the task is. You know, you yeah. fight for the people you fight for the people you love instead of 
against liked, the people you hate. Yeah, I liked her unselfishness until it became selfish, which was the thing that we'll get to at the end. And I'm like, I really liked your... I was digging your character, and then you make one of the dumbest decisions. There's a lot of logic things that we'll talk about, but obviously the music, as always... I, don't, I think it's unfair to, like, bring up the music, because at this point it's like... It's so iconic. We talk, yeah, we talk about the 70s music, but even Ray's, Ray's theme went the I thought it was pretty good like it's that little like fiddle sounding yeah, thing I mean, when she that's that's something that I think you can't fault the Star Wars, these Star Wars movies on I think the Abrams movies got them really well I think this movie even does it better is that the production details are all all spot on the sounds like there's that weird like uh, like chainsaw sound that the the red dudes had towards the end I don't know if you uh, and the way that it it, the lightsaber would sound when it went through people. I thought was really effective. Uh, the all the new creatures, the porgs, which everybody is in love with. You like obviously. the porgs? I mean, I'm fine with the porgs. I'm not. I'm fine with the porgs too. But I'm I, also fine with the Ewoks, and some people have hated the Ewoks ever since they came out. Sure, that, I mean, that has to happen. So for me, though, like, and maybe I'm affected a little bit by who I saw the movie with, the audience I saw the movie with, but just. I, I'm seeing a lot of the criticism of some things like Porgs, and it makes me remember that, you know, for most people, Star Wars is this thing that you get attached to during your youth, you know? Yes. You're, you're young, and you're filled with, with excitement and imagination from it. Uh, and there were kids in my theater who, who loved the Porgs, loved the animal stuff. They were reacting to a lot of the more physical humor in a way that reminded me, like, yeah, this is a PG-13 movie, but it really is kind of for kids. The kids, like, it's a family movie. Yeah, and, and it's it's really like, or is it PG-13 or is it PG? I think it's PG-13, yeah. yeah it's PG-13. Yeah, and, and it's, I think a lot of the the creatures and the humor, even if I found some of it a little groany or mm -hmm. a little bit too like calling attention to itself, I think it worked for what Star Wars tries to be. Yeah, and again, the whole message that this movie has been pushing forward, we always have seen Star Wars as a Skywalker storyline, right? Yeah. And now we realize that it's not, and they're branching out. And, you know, it's like a lot of the people who are complaining for, about it, and this has been an issue, remember, the, the, recently with the whole Meninism movement yeah. about if women are can't be the leads in Star Wars or whatever else, and it's sort of like... I mean, I, you want to see a woman? <laughs> That's what you. I don't. I don't care who it is. I just want to see a Star Wars movie. Yeah. But I love the idea that they're pushing, where it's like anyone can be a hero. And I really like. I honest, I loved that message in the movie. Yeah. And I know a lot of other people do too. But I truly believe the execution in it has really ticked people off. So what is it about the execution that uh, is bothering? Let's get a little into some of those numbers. All right, all right. What is it about the execution that you feel is off in Last Jedi? The fact that they wanted to troll you. And I, and is I'm, it down to the title for you? Down to everything. Are you ready? Are we doing this? I'm Look. speaking for all the people out there who I know how you feel. <laughs> Those fans, shout out to my boy Ryan. I know how he feels. And he's the one who cares. I ain't even the Star Wars fan. I was hurting for them. All right? Let me, let me, let me give you this right here. And, and I still appreciate the movie for what it is. And I really love what they're pushing forward. The final shot, I think, is fantastic. Ray's uh, revelation. I think... I. Do you remember How I Met Your Mother? The show How I Met Your Mother was nine seasons mm -hmm. about how I met your mother. Mm -hmm. But it was all put into our minds with the casting and all the rumors and everything that it was that the final ninth season, we were going to spend time with the mother. 
and then we don't until the final episode. And this isn't to spoil How I Met Your Mother. I highly recommend the show as well. It's not really much to spoil. But what upset people the most about How I Met Your Mother was that they decided at the end to just dupe them. And while the whole last season took a... It was all in the course of a day, remember? Yeah. I don't know if you saw... You finished it? Yeah. The last season, all the episodes were supposed to be hours within a day. And then the final episode is an hour-long episode that covers two decades. And it ticked people off. But that final episode, if it were stretched out, is actually really enjoyable how they flesh out the characters, how they flesh out everything. It actually all makes sense, The what happens execution. with the mother. But it's the execution of having it all go like that. Yeah. That is what I mean when I'm talking about Star Wars. You cannot set up for people to wonder who Ray's parents are. Ooh, but we didn't tell them to. Yes, you did. When you come out with articles stating that when she was hearing voices, we got Ben Kenobi. Yes, the older, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting his name and I feel really bad, but the older actor who played him, plus your boy from the new ones, um, Owen McGregor. Yeah. And combine the voices to create a phrase. Y'all got to stop right now. <laughs> you, are, you are implementing in their minds that Ray's parents have to be somebody. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next one. That Poe is now this heroic, uh, uh, that Poe is the best person in the galaxy when it comes to, like, shooting and he doesn't make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm actually okay with now seeing this story arc where he does make mistakes and he learns by the end. But you flipped it on us. I'm okay with one. And I'm actually okay with all of them separately. But when they do it over and over and over and over and over again, Snoke is this crazy villain and we're going to see so much of him. We killed him right away. Isn't that so cool how we <laughs> keep subverting the stuff? Luke, we're going to end it with him getting the lightsaber. Oh, didn't you all wait for two years? And then you get what I mean? At a certain point, one of them alone would have been okay. But, and I'm speaking for them. It's it's a little bit frustrating when a movie tries to say that something's very important, whether that's through through dialogue or through the way it's shot. And then it just ignores that. Uh, you, You know, it's, I think TV has been the worst offender of this over the years where sometimes they'll have a cliffhanger ending mm, and the yes, next episode you'll come back and it's like, oh yeah, that thing, it wasn't that, a big That wasn't deal. important. It you was know? just to get you to come back. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, obviously the, the ending of The Force Awakens with Rey handing the lightsaber and hoping mm-hmm. that uh, Luke will take it from her is a really, really cool place it to leave is. that story. But it... But it's it feels a slap lesser. in the face. It feels worse when uh, you then follow that moment by yes. him taking it and throwing it over his shoulder. I mean, There's... granted, I got a chuckle out of that because I was I really not expecting that in the moment. Yes. But that, I didn't think that was necessarily adding to the story. I mean, I, I just... It lessens The Force Awakens. Sequels should make the previous ones better. I, I'm a, the the um, Planet of the Apes trilogy, the newest one, I feel each one adds to its predecessor. Right. This one takes away from it. Honestly, yeah. even the mask. Kylo lost his mask. I was like, okay, I get that's cool. There was a, but few, it's sort there of was like, a few moments where the, like that where I was like, is this Ryan Johnson just being like, I didn't like this decision yes! JJ made? The the mask particularly, I was like, right? It, it, it's like, are you really just going to get rid of this thing so quickly that was so part of his character in the beginning? I mean, it, it there's a little bit where it feels like it's being actively rewritten during. Yeah, which kind of feels like that which I think uh, it was for me when the movie feels a little bit worse. There's some weird transitions. I don't know how Ray gets 
from her fight with Kylo back onto the Millennium Falcon. Uh, but, you know. Or, or how she gets lost while she was fighting everyone. She literally was over here. She's like, where are the life forms? How about you follow the huge, that huge gun that they just cemented? Right. It's a plateau, guys. Like, it's a tundra. How'd you get lost? Yeah, something. The water scene with the rocks? Yeah, yeah. Where she gets wet and all of a sudden... Watch that scene again and try to understand what the heck the editor was going for. There's some very weird cutting, and I think some of the weird cutting was on purpose, but like... No, we need an ultimate cut. Y- you know, you don't really, like... It's DC not has to buy effective. Disney so we can get those ultimate cuts. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, I mean... Now... So... Uh, Go ahead, go ahead. Do you feel that the movie, like, and, and you did bring it up, you, you felt like a lot of it was rewrites. Do you feel that it disrespected, which is what a lot of Star Wars fans feel, that it, it was disrespecting the franchise? Do you think it hurts the franchise? I added that I do believe that it's going to add to it, but I believe with scenes like when, when Ray is talking to the dark side and says, what are my parents? And then it's just her? Mm-hmm. Is that the movie trolling? Is it At a point, is it the movie trolling the fans? There was a scene, and I'm going to let you... When it looks like a ship is coming down, and you're like, oh, that looks like an iron. Everyone in the theater was like, that looks like an iron, and then it was an iron. And I'm like, oh, that was a cool little... This isn't an Edgar Wright movie, though. That was so out of place. That was such a a really cool visual thing, but it didn't make... Because it trolls you. It's a troll of the Mm -hmm. audience. And then I realized, this, plus all the plot points that you just subverted from The Force Awakens, do you feel that this was, in a sense, not a slap in the face, but... I'm not going to say slap in the face. That feels like like a step too far for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like th- there is a little bit of like a letdown with mm-hmm. with some of the ways that it handled some of the things. Now, I think for someone like me because I care less about that continuity. I'm not yeah. I'm not a ride or die Star Wars guy. Uh just wa- and I you know, I'm someone who admittedly like I forgot parts of the Force Awakens. It's like, "Oh yeah, How that Gwendolyn Christie you. had that thing yeah, that's in the first movie." <laughs> Brienne. <laughs> Uh, it, I, I walked into Last Jedi and was largely satisfied with it, but like there were several moments where I did feel like, is this really Star Wars? Like, are, are we doing this now? Uh, I, I, again, I'm not the Star Wars guy. I can't yeah. say for certain what works and what's not, but, uh, Leia floating through space with the force or, uh, transcending time and space to, to see each other with the force and, and at the end, again, as all spoilers, all spoilers, Luke just sort of misting off in the end as part of the Force. Like, I mean, I'm willing to buy all this because I don't really know Star Wars, but I understand, yes. like, maybe if you have a bigger attachment to it, like, that's a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. I, at a certain point, like I said, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not even the biggest Star Wars fan, but I was sitting there and I was feeling like those, like, you know those white girls? The SJW white girls who, like, argue for people. And then the person's just like, I don't need you to fight for me. No, you're being oppressed. <laughs> At a certain point, I was just like, this is not fair for the Star Wars fans. <laughs> I was like, my just buddy taking up the screening. fight for yourself. Yeah, I was like, I was like, do you like that movie? He's like, yeah, dude, it was so awesome. I was like, no, you cannot like it. It goes everything you believe. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why that's wrong. You should be offended. Yeah. Uh, no. It, there's so many good things that happen in the movie. The sequences, like, with with Ray. I thought some of the lightsaber fights were some of the coolest lightsaber That's fights. That's exactly I've what seen. I'm getting to. Yo, lie to me and tell me that Snoke was Snoke looked like a ball sack. And then yeah. he died, and I get it. That was, like, the trope. Ah, oh, y'all thought he was big, and he wasn't. Okay. Yeah. 
his art, his dudes around him, little freaking Rashomon looking at That fight was sick. Sick, yeah. And uh, throwing the lightsaber to each other, catch. <laughs> that's, awesome. That's, awesome. Yeah. They caught me off guard the second time too. Moments like that, uh, the 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 fighting, uh, in the tie fighting or space fight. I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. The yeah. wing fighters. The I'll, Star I'll, Wars. I thought yeah. the action was really really cool. In Very this well movie. done. Very yeah. well done. Um, and you know, just all that. It, it's a really simple thing, but I really loved all that red dust in the uh, final sequence. Let's get into that just a little bit. Did you feel it was awkward the way it was introduced? There's a moment where it was clearly a cameo. A guy steps in there to look at something to see far off, which made mm -hmm. no sense because it's like everyone's hiding and this dude's like, I'm just going to stand in front. But it, it, it led way to that little insert of the guy. I thought it was blood at first. And I see this guy lick it. And I'm like, why would you lick yeah. it? Yeah. But it's, it was a, it was a, and I'm going to tell you why it was there because I figured it out the second viewing. He licks it to go, salt. So then it lets the audience know if you're for the whole sequence that I'm for. I was like, you know what? Visually it looks cool, right? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movies is The Raid Redempt, uh, The Raid 2. Mm -hmm. And he tells you there's a scene where it's snowing. And he's like, yes, it wasn't snowing the previous scene. But we really wanted him to die in the snow. I was like, hey, all right, you want it because it looked cool. Yeah. The scene looks cool and it does make sense. It's a salt planet, whatever. The reason for it is to give emphasis later on when Luke appears. Because when he's walking, he doesn't have footsteps. Ooh. And that was the hint that he's not there. And I found that really intriguing. I'm watching it again, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And you even see the emphasis of when Luke looks at Kylo, when Kylo does that little, like, like when his, like, leg skids across for whatever yeah. reason. No, yeah, I mean, it's, he was – suddenly Luke is, like, the world's best limbo player, but <laughs> he's doing some Matrix shit My all man of a had like, just I'd for Mar men. Hats off to Mark Hamill if he's got that flexibility. That I was just wasn't not expecting him. it. That was not him. Um <laughs> – yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting little detail yeah. I hadn't caught. You want to know yeah, why it's I'm, funny though? Sure. Cause it, the scene before it, that's where they exploded the thing, and they shot him, and it was all red. <laughs> yeah. So forget continuity, but yeah, it's a cool little tidbit. But True. the continuity don't make sense. But yeah, but visually, I just thought it was it was no a visually really cool, it looked really, really cool. uh, addition. You know, it, you it, the trouble with a lot of these space themed movies is sometimes there's a sameness to how they look and there was not a sameness to this. I thought we'll uh, see this scene and go, Hey, yeah, I remember that fight. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, did you think this movie had an MVP? BB eight <laughs> man came out everywhere to save the day. Yeah. He's like, he's all of a sudden utility guy who, who shows up at the exact right moment. <laughs> if we're talking MVP, um, I know the whole idea is Luke's supposed to like, drop his legacy to whatever, and that's why he dies mm -hmm. at the end, which to me was just like, okay, if he's going to die, he might as well have shown up anyway. But uh, to me, honestly, the MVP, and this is the one storyline I'll give it, when you see Laura Dern pop up, and she looks like she just came out of a different franchise, the Hunger Game franchise, looking like Stanley Tucci from that one, and and you get introduced to her, and all of a sudden she's bashing your boy Poe. And you <laughs> like Poe because it's your boy Poe. Right, yeah, and you're man. like Oscar I, Isaac. She's gotta fall in love with those, those eyes. Those sunken eyes, yes. And I'm like, how dare you speak to him? I know he was wrong, but don't you talk to my boy that way. Yeah. And and don't you and, disrespect Oscar. And and she's disrespecting the man. And later on, all the things happen where like Polite like, goes full on freaking uh, Serpico over here. Yeah, and he just like takes the plane over. And then she she goes back. I hate the the. May the fourth be. Oh, you say it. No, yeah, I've said it. So I, little... I hated that. I hated it. It was very cringy. But yeah. that's what I thought Ryan Johnson was doing really well. And maybe if The Force Awakens wasn't The Force Awakens, 
all of his little subversions would have been really good. Like hating her and then seeing her make as you as your quest answer your question arc, be the biggest MVP, her sacrifice. Her arc and, was pretty effective, especially like there's that mm, moment good. where you're like, is she like working against us you know is she working against the resistance is she actually bad and uh i I think to have a she had a nice one film arc in the way that a lot of characters don't in this universe that is very true and just the way that i mean just the way that scene was executed where you're like when you put it together it's like one of those things where you it's always been a possibility but you've never thought of it it's kind of like and not to compare it but it's kind of like when you realize that superman and batman both (laughs) their moms both named are martha (laughs) You never realized, yeah, why don't you go do it into hyperdrive? That that could be used as a weapon. And she right. does it. And I love the way it's executed. It goes, because that's that when the lightsaber breaks silence. too. The moment of what, what, silence. Yeah, you know, in a, in, and it's yes, it's so it effective in a movie good. that's so loud and explosion-y. Because so the lightsaber explodes right before it. Yeah. Sit. It's dope. It was good. Uh, I think she was the MVP of the movie. I think, her, like you said, I'm her gonna, whole arc. I'm going to j- just not even thinking about story-wise, just going for who helped this movie and, and did more than he was given on the page. You know, I'm going to throw some respect to our buddy, Damal Gleason. That dude is doing some underrated work, no. just chewing scenery no. and yelling I will and just not being allow as evil as he this. can. I he will not allow his you ass to off. do this. He is, he is doing God's work. He is, is being the evil... Person, he's being the minion that we we know is just like annoying, and you kind of want to shake him, but like he's leaning into it and he's having fun doing it. I like Donald Gleason in this movie. Why does Disney disrespect gay people? Why do they not care for the LGBT community? I want you to answer this question for me. There was an article that came out saying that it was confirmed he was gay. Oh, in the what movies? does that? Well, yeah, that General Hux is gay. What does that add to the story? I have no idea. But explain to me why Lufo, explain to me why General Hawks are always the ones getting beaten around. Why my man get choked? Is it because he likes it? I, that's one of my favorite tweets. They're like, I think General Hawks got choked. He kind of liked it. <laughs> See, you it the need second that time. guy. I, look, I'm, See, t- I'm not saying he's my favorite character. I'm just saying you need that guy. The guy who just gets slapped. He's Kenny. When when Kylo yells to to fire all the all the guns and he yells no, even no, louder. I not hear this one. No. Yeah, that Johnny Depp Barbosa looks through one telescope and then he looks through the larger one. No, he's a child. That's a five year old who's a general. He had one good scene. He had one good scene. And I love this one. When Kylo is knocked out on the floor, he's about to get his gun. Kylo wakes up, puts away his gun. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> No, but that's a, that's what you need from him. He's a smarmy, slimy little shit, and he leans into it. I he's love too, Donald Gleason in you're this. You're right. He's too good at it. I cannot watch About Time anymore without thinking about that. I just wanted to choke him. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, what does this ending mean for the future of the franchise to you? How how do you look at? Uh, episode nine. Are you more excited? Are you less excited? What are you looking forward to happening? What's the story? Everyone said, JJ, you just did the same thing. Get out of here. Ryan Johnson, he's going to do something. Ryan Johnson, you were way too different. Someone bring JJ back. <laughs> and now they're glad. Remember when they JJ yeah, was confirmed I mean, that they're like really more the same? Those people are deleting those blogs right now as we speak. 
They could this, not be this more excited. probably the best thing to have happened to J.J. Abrams in such a long time. Like, people are, are trashing him, saying, yes. oh, he's just a repeat, yes. he's just a copy. And now it's like, no, 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 bring, bring back our Star Wars. You know my favorite show is Lost. You know my yeah. favorite show is Lost. J.J. J.J. to me holds a special place in my heart. You know, yeah. J.J.'s a fraud and all these things. I will always fight for J.J. So yeah. when J.J. made Star Wars and I thought it was confident and everyone was hating on him and it became that a Christopher Nolan thing where it becomes cool to hate on Christopher Nolan, yeah. I'm glad the, the wheel came back over here and we're all yeah, on J.J. I'm still side. Team J.J. I've been Team J.J. this whole time. So The Last Jedi was worth it just for J.J. to come back and people to finally appreciate him. So yeah, does this make you less excited for Ryan Johnson's trilogy? trilogy? Yes, no, yeah, kind of. Really, a little bit. So um, uh, for me, I think I'm more excited because I kind of feel like the only things he maybe did wrong was taking over somebody else's property. But he, there's okay, so much maybe. of his original stuff maybe. there that's good. Yes, like we said, this if he's able to bring in original characters and do story arcs like that, the yeah. characters he introduced, I we talked, we actually liked them. The yeah. ones that were his, we actually liked. Benicio, excuse me, and Laura Dern's character. So may, maybe you're right. Maybe. You're not going to follow three movies about Benicio Del Toro? If that's what he is in store? I'll follow a franchise with Benicio Del Toro. I'll follow the miniseries. I, I liked him. That was some great acting right there. I legit thought Benicio Del Toro had a list. I was like, have I? Has he been yeah, hiding it this whole time? Is he time? glitching? What's going on? <laughs> but I, I guess. It depends. Now I get this whole idea of straying farther away from the Skywalker franchise. Mm-hmm. And while I'm for it, I just I wish they didn't do the, the fans dirty. I, I get why fans are upset. And it yeah. sucks because there's such a good message in this movie about anyone being able to be a hero. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I can understand some of the upset if you're, like, really, really attached to the material. Uh, I'm not. So, I don't know. For me, like, I enjoyed this movie. Uh, I, I'm still with it. I liked it more than The Force Awakens. Uh, and I oh really and I would say that I'm probably more excited for Ryan Johnson's trilogy than I am episode nine right. yeah I mean we'll see but we'll see I think I think there's a lot of inventiveness here and there is I think it'll be exciting to really step away from the Skywalker saga but uh I think you and I can agree I think one thing that was really interesting and exciting about this one is it really felt like it was bringing a lot of stuff that was introduced yeah. in the last one to yes. a close. And we're really moving forward in mm-hmm. the franchise now. And I think uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be yep. really, really feel, it's going to carry less of a burden than these yes. last two films did, I yes. believe. Let's do it. All right, so that's it for our topic of the week. Let us know what you thought of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Was it a betrayal to everything you loved? <laughs> Is it somewhere in between? Let us know. Comments down below or hit us up on social media. Tweet us at IntercutPod. We are heading to the new to see. see. Starting with new in theaters. It's a big week heading into the oh, holidays, heading into my favorite. Christmas. Oh, all the movies are out. Let's get to the list. Jumanji, Welcome mm-hmm. to the Jungle with the Dwayne Johnson, Karen Gillan, Kevin Hart, Jack Black. The Greatest Showman, the Golden Globe nominee for Best Musical or Comedy, which also is embargoing reviews until midnight of release. Uh, okay, that, no, there you go. Perfect. That's it. <laughs> Pitch Perfect 3, The Bellas Are Back, Anna Kendrick and Her Gang, and another uh, acapella spectacular. Mm-hmm. Father Figures, an R-rated comedy with Owen Wilson, Ed Helms, J.K. Simmons, and Christopher Walken. 
Downsizing, the new movie from Alexander Payne with forward. Matt Damon in the starring role. The Post, which I recommended highly earlier in the show. This is Steven Spielberg's latest Oscar yes, gambit. Hostiles. Scott Cooper wrote and directed this one, starring Christian Bale and Rosamund Pike. It was a big hit at the Telluride Film Festival. Oh. And Happy End, the latest from filmmaker Michael Haneke, which stars Isabel Huppert. Oh. This film opened at oh. Cannes earlier this year. All these movies are out this weekend, at least in limited release, and going to be expanding. Yeah, and all the art. other ones that are expanding. Yo, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, any of these jump out at you from this list? Uh, your recommendation, I'm taking it for the post. I'll be going to New York, so I'm going to be catching any of those ones that don't want to be spread out here to every every other place. Um, <laughs> not excited for Pitch Perfect. Not excited for uh, the Showman one, especially that sealed the deal what you told me. We've talked about this before. I do not like those people. Embargo it for as long as you want, but to mi the midnight? Nah, I'll mess with that. I'll yeah. mess with that. Yeah, I mean, if you're that, that says scared a lot. of reviews that says a getting lot. out about your movie, it says a lot. And it's a weird sign that it was both nominated for a Golden Globe and the yeah. bargaining reviews. I mean, it's strange. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden Globes is not exactly on the up and up. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not excited for Greatest Showman. I've only heard good things from people whose taste I don't trust. Um, <laughs> Pitch Perfect 3, I've never been on the Pitch Perfect franchise. Jumanji, I kind looks, of looks have dumb a fun. little bit of hope for Looks it. dumb fun. Yeah, it looks dumb fun. I mean, like, I, there's been a lot of people making fun of how it looks. I think that's kind of how you should approach a Jumanji-style movie. Is just the plot is actually, like, makes sense. Yeah, like, it's a weird, interesting approach. Yeah. Different... Feels updated. And I love, you know, like there was all that criticism of Karen Gillan's outfit. And that's like the first thing that she says is, what yeah. am I doing in these clothes? Um, so, yeah, I mean, Downsizing? I'm kind of interested in it. I downs you know, I like Alexander Payne a lot. I've gotten yes. to interview him, too. He's a really, really nice guy. But the movie doesn't look that good. Really? Been getting bad reviews. Oh. I don't know. I, I, I kind of had hope for it. I don't know. I, I'm going to check it out because I like his stuff. He, Election is one of my favorite movies mm -hmm. ever. Uh, so I'm going to check it out eventually. I don't know if I'm going to check it out right away. All right. Yeah. New to streaming. On Netflix, December 21st, the British gang drama Peaky Blinders is coming back for season four with Killian Murphy. Have you on seen On December it? 22nd. Hmm? Peaky Blinders? Have you seen it? No. Oh. Okay, never mind. I have cousins I who thought like you were going to give me a recommendation. Okay, never mind. No. Nah. On December 22nd, Bright. That weird-looking Will Smith riding around with Orc Joel Edgerton movie uh, is finally out on Netflix. I have no idea what this is going to be like. Bro, they have so many music videos coming. Have you seen it? They got yeah. the Migos, Future. I think they got Ed Sheeran. They got everyone on this music thing. They are... Yeah, I feel Born like they this want this out. to be like a gigantic hit and Christmas nobody's release. talking about it. Yes, nobody's talking about this at all. But yeah. their marketing is everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, Fuller House Season 3 also premieres on December 22nd, if you're somebody who watches that show. And also there's a new documentary series popping up on Netflix called Dope, which is about drug dealers, users, and the police. It kind of seems interesting. Huh. On December 23rd, Creep 2 the micro-budget horror movie starring Mark okay. Duplass gets a creepier sequel. Uh, have you seen Creep? Wasn't the biggest fan of Creep. 
Yeah, but a lot of people, people really are, like are divided it. on it. I, yeah. I haven't seen it. My girlfriend doesn't oh, like you it. So okay, yeah, okay. Then, then you and your girlfriend, yeah, my girlfriend and I, I think we kind of agree with it. But I want to give this next one the benefit of the doubt. A lot of fans were saying that it was good. A lot of people didn't like the first one. Said this is better. Yeah, I mean, I like Mark Duplass a lot, and the director, I, I believe, is Patrick Bryce, who did the Overnight as well, and I okay. like that a lot. I like the so. I like the Overnight and its prosthetics, but this one just wasn't it. <laughs> Uh, on Hulu, December 22nd, Goat, the hazing movie that came out in 2016, uh, as well as Monster Trucks, the failure of a kid's film from earlier this year that cost Paramount $125 million. Earlier this million. year? I know. Doesn't it feel like it was forever it ago like when Monster yeah. Trucks came out? Man, uh, there's a re- I'm going to see if I can try and find the link to this and, and put it in the description down below. But this studio executive talked about how he was at a test screening for monster trucks uh-huh. and appar- when the monster first appeared on screen in this test screening about 40% of the kids in the audience got so scared that they couldn't watch the rest of the movie <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should watch this movie then uh, also on Hulu December 24th the complete second season of The Detour that's a very underrated show on TBS okay. that's very much like National Lampoon's Vacation if you like that kind of family raunchy humor I would go for that on okay. HBO Go December 23rd The Zookeeper's Wife a movie that kind of came and went without much fanfare this one stars Jessica Chastain as a woman who saved Jews during World War II Art you missed this one too? Yeah I did but I've had a lot of people tell me um, that I should watch it yeah HBO Go, very soon. On Amazon, also on December 23rd, a documentary called Banksy Does New York, which chronicles the artist's unannounced scavenger hunt across New York City. It reminds me of Exit Through the Gift Shop, a great documentary that he put out a few years ago, so I might catch up with uh, Banksy Does New York. New to VOD, today, the the day that the podcast is released, December 19th, a few great offerings for you on VOD. Dunkirk, Mother... The Lego Ninjago movie and Stronger. I gotta watch that, yeah. Ooh, oh, okay. I got two to watch then, Stronger and Ninjago. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same boat as you. Those are two that I missed and I kind of wanted to see. And Although I'm probably going to try and catch up with, or not catch up, rewatch Dunkirk and Mother. Two movies that I... I wanted to rewatch Dunkirk so bad. Both of those movies might end up in my top ten this year and I'd like to give them a second watch. So Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Art, what's your pick for the week? My pick for the week, y'all know how I do it. I got two for you to watch. Uh, if you want to stay at home, as you heard, what I've been watching, The Crown, definitely is worth it. And I'm still only on season one. I think it's definitely good. You have more than enough time to catch up, even if you don't want to catch it now. Can't get spoiled for you because it's actual history. Um, <laughs> that one's really good. But I was also watching another thing on Netflix that you brought it up earlier when you mentioned Mrs. Allison Brie. Or Miss. Yes. She married? She, oh, she is now because she's engaged Mrs. to Franco, Franco, right? Yeah. Good for him. Glow is a fantastic series that is yes, on Netflix. Is. Uh, you should have hyped it up a bit more for it. I know you said it was good, but hey, it's real good. Yo, Both it's of really these shows good. back to back, like it's just uh, it just shows like how good female driven shows are right now on Netflix. It shows the quality of content that's on Netflix. And honestly, I'm watching these shows forgetting that they're Netflix originals. Cause they feel like straight up like quality content that's coming out there. The production design in The Crown's insane. The production design in uh, Glow is insane. 
Yeah, but it the, really it's the feels like you get that 80s, you know, yes. leggings they're and, both and true high-waisted pants. Yeah. And they're so entertaining. Honestly, I'm watching both back-to-back. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm watching both back-to-back. It's really good. But of course, those are the free ones because we all know that we're stealing somebody else's account or whatever it is. If you have the chance to go out and the line for The Last Jedi is way too big and you don't want to see the love story between Poe and Finn, go see the love story between Army Hammer and Timothy, I'm going to win an Oscar, Charlemagne the God over here, all right? This movie just made a recent video on it, and it just took me back to Sundance, man. I have not gotten so emotional editing a video. If you watch the video, you're going to be like, I don't feel it. For me, though, I'm going to tell you this right now. The movie takes me back to Sundance. Now that it's out again, it's getting a wider release. Like, all the theaters are getting it. Give that one a chance if you would like to. Very good movie, very good directing, and it is the performance I have seen it. It's been since January since I've seen it, and to this day, I will tell you, it is the best performance of the year by Timothy. Watch Call Me By Your Name now and hear its name again and again and again. And again, watch. Season. It's going to be uh, talked about a lot, so definitely worth catching up with that movie. I'm making Dunkirk my pick of the week. It's one of my favorite films of the year, like I just mentioned, and I feel like pe- plenty of people kind of slept on it. Uh, it feels like it, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's this period where Christopher Nolan could kind of do whatever he sure. wanted to, and everybody was, like, really, really into it, and I'm not so sure that that's, that's the case here now. anymore. Uh, but Dunkirk is really, really, it's just as good as anything he's done. Uh, we both put it in our top five Chris Nolan movies back when we did that list on episode six that of the true. Intercut. So uh, you can go back and watch that and catch some more of our thoughts on Dunkirk. But I'm eager to re- rewatch it with my dad, who's a huge war movie fan. Uh, it does some really interesting things with time and structure. And yeah. I, I think we talked a little bit about uh, during our review of it about how it presents war uh, in a way that I found, thought was very, very kind of like mm-hmm. uplifting. Uh, yeah. So I'm really eager to catch Dunkirk again, but if you're in the New York City area, or maybe if you're in the Los Angeles area too, definitely check out The Post. Like I said that. before, you're, you're coming. I know I'm you're gonna going to be here just soon. Just for The Post. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, heard it's I mean, that it's, good. It's real good. It's worth it. All right. So yeah, uh, definitely catch up with one or two of those movies. But that's all for this week's Intercut. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter or on Instagram, at ZChevich, and check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multiplex show. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me at The A to Z Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, especially with all the new features that they got. Want to get some polls up there, be able to reshare some videos, be able to... It's kind of like a Snapchat story mode. My Snapchat's private. Only Zach's got access to that. But those of you who want to follow along, it's got like a story mode that, that, that I think is really cool. So maybe I'll be posting some like New York stuff, going to the cinema. Hey. Uh, we got... Because they got Admiral Draft House. They got... Uh, we were talking about that movie museum that, of the moving image thing. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool way that it I'm not really gonna I don't I don't vlog but that's like a way to kind of do it now and yeah. you take like you a know. half step into it exactly yeah so I, I I think it's really cool features that YouTube is adding for like in between uploads so catch me on YouTube because now that's Facebook Instagram Twitter it's all of it at once now yeah. so I'll be posting there but of course if you don't want to follow us there you can follow us collectively here on the intercut Our regular hour-long show is on Tuesdays. You can subscribe to the video podcast here on YouTube, as well as checking out the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast catcher of your choice. And hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, why don't you do us a favor and leave that five-star review? It helps the show a lot. 
At IntercutPod is the handle. You can find it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, where we post throughout the week updates from the show, as well as updates from both Arturo and myself. Maybe you'll get a little bit of us in the action when mm -hmm. Art comes and visits New York this week. So make sure you're following us on all those platforms. And thank you for tuning in. And remember, <laughs> no, you say it. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> It's your best one yet. <laughs> <laughs>